this is the player I'm going to get mad at you guys about, just so, you know, steal yourself. Failure. You take it very personally. You shame me, guys. You shame me. Uh-oh. Tell me why I'm wrong. So I'm just going with my heart over my head, because my head is stupid anyway. Prepare for total domination. Oh, that's just dumb, though. I've never been proven more wrong in my life so quickly and so dramatically. Recording. It is Labor Day, Monday. September 5th, 2022. I hope you guys all out there had a good Labor Day that you can look back and fondly recollect when you're listening to this. You're listening to this on Wednesday, September 7th. Game four will be in the books, I believe, on both sides of the ledger. Both games are on Tuesday, right? I think so. Anyway, sixth pod of the year. (laughs) I'm Snap Wilson. With Robococo, MJ Tolliver, would like to welcome you to the very, very, the happiest sixth pot of the year to date. Hopefully we can, we can top it. The good guys were victorious, going 4-0 and over the past week. Vegas taking a 2-1 to lead in their series over the Seattle Storm. Chicago doing likewise and sending the Connecticut's dis- this despicable Connecticut Sun, then one game of elimination. I cannot wait to see them gone. That's not disrespecting hashtag disres, R-E-S-P-E, capital C, capital T. It's just they play such ugly basketball, and I would like to be done with them. I am so, so happy that we got the number one. If, if no other reason, I'm happy we got the number one seed and that I did not have to watch my team play this team because, God, what a chore. It but was anyway, such a chore on Sunday. I really, I don't blame you. <laughs> that was, was like, ugly, ugly ass basketball. I just felt like, like, I just need to get through this. And then I turned on the storm aces game after I'm like, Oh, that's like real <laughs> basketball again. <laughs> it's a breath of fresh air. <laughs> yeah, truly. <laughs> been playing so, um, games like this game, game seven. Yeah. That well, was not, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We got four games to discuss. If anybody can remember, any of the other three. I'm having a little trouble. I'm having a hard time trying to remember exactly what happened in in any other game, but uh, we'll go through it. We'll look at some box scores and we'll look at some other things going on. We'll go in chronological order here and start with the the Connecticut-Chicago game to Chicago takes this one 85-77 they they had built a pretty substantial lead and Connecticut kind of chipped into it a little bit by the end. It probably wasn't as close as as the box score indicated. At least that was my recollection. Becky, did you go to the game? I did. I did go to the game. It was pretty hype in there. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. The one of my so I I kind of or, organize my notes, not around games, but around like big questions for each team. Okay. And so one thing that happened in the Sky game, and that happens in a lot of Sky games, is that maybe it's just the section I'm in, people start grumbling to see Dana at some point. <laughs> and it got louder and louder it, in that game until they, like like half the crowd was chanting, we want Dana, as the sun were going on a run, chipping into the lead. And so I was like, I'm not sure if it is Dana time quite yet. Not quite Dana time yet. Yeah, but I'm seeing this online. I'm seeing a lot of people say this and I have a very specific, I have a very definitive answer, but do you think 
Do either of you think that Dana Evans should be seeing more minutes in the playoffs than she's currently seeing? Do you want to take this first, MJ, or should I go? You go. I'm going to say no, and that has nothing to do with her. I, I am not disrespecting Dana Evans yet again because, you know, I've learned my lesson. Dana Evans is a great player, but they have a lot of other players that deserve more time ahead of her. That's just basically what it boils down to. You got Copper, Emma, Candice, Allie, Courtney, Azure, Rebecca, Julie. That's eight. That's all you need. You don't need to go nine for the sake of going nine. You know, maybe bring her in if, if like Al, the way Allie shot yesterday, maybe you want to change it up and just throw, throw somebody out there. But at the same time, it's Allie Quigley and you're just going to like try and let her get hot and see what happens. Even if it doesn't happen, you really, that's that you can't be faulted for leaving her and just seeing what she can do. But what would you say that Dana would bring to the table that one of these players would not? Why would you, why would you bring her into this rotation? I'll just chime in and just say, maybe with these games, it seemed like between the sun and sky, they're running out of gas a little bit towards the end, which is why the, the games get so like murky towards the end and maybe plug her in two, three minutes here, two, three minutes there uh, across the course of the game, just to mm-hmm. keep some fresh legs for closing situations. Okay. And that that's really it. Cause I, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Like, it's no need to bring her in. It's kind of like what happened with a Dallas. Like, no need to bring them in when they already have an understanding of the intensity of the game. You know, just the course of how the games have been going and what what needs to be brought on the floor. You know, because mm-hmm. you know Chicago, they get hit in the mouth, and then they're like, "Wait, what?" And then then they let all the dogs out, and then it's just like, "Yeah, we about to cut your throat." So, if she's not coming out there with that type of mentality, and I just keep her sitting, maybe till the next series or something. Yeah. What about you, Becky? What, what, why, why would you bring Dana in despite crowd chance from a coaching perspective, do you think? I mean, I think the argument is that, you know, she's a, a great on offense, kind of an instant offensive spark. Mm-hmm. And she can be a scrappy defender, though she's got a kind of small size. Yeah. But I agree with you. I asked the question because I think the answer is pretty clear that it she hasn't really been in the rotation for the latter half of the season. So why would you so drastically change up your rotation now? And I would be just really surprised if, if James goes to that, except for in situations, like you said, MJ, where there's like, someone's really gassed and you just, you just need to get a little relief or, you know, there's a player that's, you, you want to just try to switch things up, particularly if it's, you're trying to make a comeback or something, but I feel like there's like this big contingent of the sky fandom. So maybe I'm just seeing these takes all the time about how, you know, James is messing it up by not using Dana and maybe he should have done more earlier in the season to figure out how to work her into the, the lineups, but she is not in the lineups right now. So I, why would you change that right now, particularly against this really physical, and big sun team. So yeah, I, you just, I don't think Dana's the answer, but I just, I'm curious because everyone's talking about it. What do you guys think? No, it's, it's, you, you have eight, you have, you don't need more than that. Uh, and, and some teams, maybe every other team out there is even wishing they had eight, that they have a, have a solid eight man roster that they can bring out there. The, the aces have six <laughs> right now until Derek, uh, 
plays better. And I'm not, I'm not sure that we're going to see her recover to the point that we're going to see that in these particular playoffs, but they, they have their, they have their six. It was seven briefly. They were bringing in repair a little bit, but defensively she was getting, she was getting burned. So they just shut it down. They said, we're going six and Requina, we're going to have four, four perimeter players out there sometimes. And that lineup has been very good in general for them, but it's also one that they're kind of forced to play because they're only going really with one bench player. Seattle's going seven. They bring in Talbot and Ezzy and they have Epiphany Prince and they have Breon January, but they're not really playing a whole lot because they don't trust them against the Aces guards. The Aces guards are torching them. Apologies to Breon January, but it's, that's what's been happening. And Connecticut, Connecticut's going seven. And one of them is Odyssey Sims, who is, is not really doing a whole hell of a lot out there so the fact that the chicago goes eight and you just you're that's that's what it is just by the time it rolls around you your players have to get comfortable playing where they are and you know be used to who's going to be out there and that's that's the lineup you went with that's the right lineup too i mean that's that would you would look at this team that's what you would figure the rotation would be and it it is and uh, they're i mean they're having trouble offensively against Connecticut, but you can't really fault them for that because Connecticut's a really good defensive team. They're just very, very lucky that Connecticut's also not a very, very good offensive team, especially against Chicago. So, no, I don't think that there's really any any case for Dana to be out there. You know, she just has to be ready if she's needed, uh, if if somebody goes down or if they, they need that change of pace. I could see her getting into more of another series where, you know, it's the, the opposition isn't so big and physical, but not this one. So, yeah, that's basically that. What I guess we'll look ahead. We'll, we'll just talk about this all at once because why not? But the looking at like yesterday's game, because now it is, is starting to kind of coagulate in my head all of the things that happened. What do you think is the biggest problem that Chicago is having? against Connecticut's defense? Why, why are we not seeing, say, more of Kalia Copper going off? Is it just being overly physical and, and, and taking, taking that option away? Or is there something else at work here? Uh, I'm asking Becky, but again, uh, MJ, if you want to chime in, if you, want, if you looked at these games, go ahead. I think Becky ready. <laughs> She's not muted or nothing. Go ahead, Becky. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I normally mute. For Ka in particular, this past game, I know Snap, you're the body language expert. <laughs> she was having, her body language was was pretty dejected. And I think yeah. there was an amount of the physicality where, you know, she was, she was getting hit <laughs> on her way up to the hoop and not getting the calls and getting frustrated and not being able to finish. And she's someone who's really like a really elite finisher. So even when she draws contact, she often is able to finish and she wasn't able to finish. So I think there was some frustration around that. 15 points on 20, 12. Field yeah. It's not like she not had a bad, bad. game, yeah. but I think she was getting a little frustrated. It, there was definitely a difference game two. We got more of the skies go-to offense with all of the cutting and just like you know, the, the wide open shots they're able to generate right around the hoop with, with all their off ball movement that was getting pretty stymied in this game. I, you know, there was some amount too, of just everyone was missing shots, right. missing some really good looks. Allie just really, I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? I, I, 
I don't know why she wasn't able to hit, hit anything. I'm not super worried about it because it's still Ellie Quigley. Um, yeah, it's just people have those games. Yeah, yeah, but she's had, you know, she's had two of those games. This Yeah, but Emma's been like oh yeah a hack, like a, a basketball life hack. <laughs> she's been making all types of leaners, everything, just rolling or popping, I should say, off of screens and just moving around, Candace finding her, everybody finding her. Some of those scrappy plays towards the end like she she looks really good like i'm not sure do you feel like chicago would be here without her either one of you i don't think we would have won last game without her that was um, she was huge her defense is so underrated she's getting deflections she had like five six steals last game Um, she just makes great choices on the court like she she's always racking up you know she's like often in that like four to six assist range like she's a really good passer sometimes passes a little too much even doesn't always look for her shot yep. but there was like a like a baseline jumper she hit at the end of the game when no one could hit anything that felt like it took us up like four or six or something and it felt like that's it she just iced the game with, <laughs> with like being the first player to able to hit a shot so she was huge and I think because of all the stars on Chicago and because of kind of Emma's personality she doesn't always seem like she gets the shine she should get for everything she brings to the team. Let's talk a little bit about the Connecticut Sun. And the, the I don't know why, but the, he, he could have just, this could have just been like a turn of phrase, you know, him being sarcastic. But when he said, I'm going to get fired because we can't make a layup, that was uh, Kurt Miller on the bench. And I'm wondering, there seems to be like this kind of groundswell that's that's <laughs> like building up against him a little bit. But you can't really take online to be to be how it's viewed throughout the league or by by people, serious people. It's, you know, WNBA Twitter. They everybody likes to talk a little mess. But the what's more concerning is the Jonquil thing. She did have a really good, she did have a good game in game two. She, she got went off at like, what, 22 points was it? Yeah, 22 points. And she was a, wait, do I have that right? No, 23 points. And then this last game, it was absolutely bewildering. He, he kind of answered the question of why he was not using her, saying something about, you know, the offense versus defense thing. And they just couldn't get anything going around her. I watched, I was, I just kind of kept, focus on some of her plays when she was moving around she was very frustrated at certain points that they were not getting the ball inside to her on the other hand she went three for ten so when she did get the ball it was it was not always the best outcome but she was not shooting from where you think she would be shooting uh i just 24 minutes for your former mvp is is really not that great she was completely ineffective. Six, well, uh, six points, eight rebounds, uh, three for ten from the floor, and just disappeared. L- literally, just like when she was out there, you would forget she was out there at times. Uh, is this? Do we think that there is anything to? Maybe this team needs a different voice, or is it just not the right players to surround Jonquil with and to? make her a centerpiece in this offense. Let's start with you. What I'm seeing from Connecticut, they have a lot of players that can kind of get it done. And I don't know if John Quill is is willing to accept that, you know, because 
I see Brianna doing her thing, and it kind of seems like the team is favoring her. Like she yeah, gets, she's she, she's been a lot more mobile. She's able to to uh, operate from across more of the court, I think, than John Quell is for yeah, sure, and and Alyssa as well. And then you know having Bonner over there too, having Dewana Bonner over there, it's like you got a lot of players that can score. So mm-hmm. eh, it's kind of tough. You know they they probably just gonna have to whoever has the high hand, they're gonna have to let them just ride that hand out and then distribute the ball you know after that accordingly kind of like chicago mm-hmm. she should she should play a little bit like candace in a sense like just facilitate make big plays don't always look to score until your number needs to be called you know what i mean like mm-hmm. just let the game kind of come to you instead of feeling like you know you got to force it and i know it's maybe blasphemy to say that about a former mvp mm-hmm. but that's just what i'm seeing on the floor how about you, Becky? I mean, it's just that simple. Just play like Candace Parker. <laughs> Everybody can do it. <laughs> yeah, she, she doesn't. I mean, you know, like <laughs> let the game slow down because no, Candace doesn't I, play. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean, MJ. <laughs> it's also just you know play a little more like Candace, Candace Parker. Don't I? <laughs> uh, it's a tough comparison. Uh, it, yeah, I I have a lot of thoughts on this. It is really, I mean, it, it is really a story that they they took. Kurt took John Quill out of the game to close out the game. And he said there was some offense defense about it. And he, you know, maybe implying that he was going to sub Courtney Williams and, and John Quill back and forth based on offense defense. But it, it really seemed like the team isn't being built around or operating around John Quill. There were obviously, there were some frustration moments. John Quill is clearly getting very frustrated, both, both with the physicality of the game and with her teammates, there was a, mm-hmm. there was that one where she got a three second call. She had Rebecca Gardner on her, who's a great defender, but John Quell can take her to the hoop. Right, you got to try the lob there. Yeah, it, it and Courtney Williams came. just wouldn't pass it to her, and she was clearly really annoyed. And she was also getting really irritated with the physicality on the other side, or getting the physicality on, on defense. She was getting double teamed every time she got the ball because Chicago knows what types of players she is, and it seems a little counterintuitive that like, you know, she is, you got to take her out because they're double teaming her. So they're struggling as opposed to using the fact that they're double teaming her to take advantage on offense. I mean, she brings a lot to an offense. I guess you could say not as mobile in some ways as Brianna Jones, but like she also has that three point shot that she's mm-hmm. been hitting and knocking down. That can be really used to space out the court. Cause you can't leave her open on the perimeter. It will hit that on you. And it seems like there's just, more that can be done to get her to make an impact on these games. And there's some amount that's probably John Quell not doing enough. And there's some amount that's they're not setting up the plays for her. And it kind of strikes me too, that, you know, Kurt repeatedly all, all through this series has said, we need to make it a messy, like muddy game and make it really physical. And that is kind of where like Alyssa Thomas shines. I think like Alyssa Thomas is that's her game. Mm-hmm. And so it, the way Kurt's projecting it is we have to make it a game that's an Alyssa Thomas game. 
And that's maybe not the John Cole Jones gang. And so maybe what he's preferencing is her style. And it's kind of, it was noticeable to me, John Cole is getting really frustrated about the physicality against her on defense, but they're giving the same physicality back. It's a very, very physical game. And that physicality is in some sense led by the sun. And so there seems to be a mismatch of styles there. And so it's, it, I don't know, it's kind of an interesting conundrum because they're also in this situation where they have Brianna Jones, Alyssa Thomas, and John Cole Jones are their top three players. And they do go to that big lineup sometimes, but they don't work best, all three of them on the court at the same time, which right. not, isn't a great to way to, <laughs> to construct a roster. Mm-hmm. That's not really a unique observation. We've we've known about this for a while, but you're seeing that in the playoffs that he's kind of seems to be favoring Brianna Jones as the second big with Alyssa rather than John Quell. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's it's a mess of parts essentially, and it, all all of the things that we thought might be weaknesses for them coming into the playoffs have kind of proven to be true. When the wings aren't hitting, they the when Dewana Bonner and Courtney Williams aren't able to consistently make shots, they have problems, and it's not surprising that they have not been able to consistently make shots how would you grade if you were to give a letter grade becky to how chicago is playing what would you give them so far and and again in the connecticut series that's okay (laughs) no i'm playing i'm kidding well i mean oh wait first of all how about what what was the total amount of time that for game three that you watched i watched a fair amount of it despite not enjoying myself um (laughs) (laughs) i really wasn't that Game two really showed showed what Chicago could do against this team. And it did get frustrating in the fourth quarter when it was just like, we could take advantage of this game if we could just hit a shot and we could not. So that was really frustrating. But yeah, I watched almost all of it. I stepped out of the room briefly and then I came back. <laughs> <laughs> just take a breath. <laughs> yeah, so I just need to take a moment. Yeah, a letter, I, over the series... I think what's interesting with Chicago, I feel like sometimes they kind of play up or down to their competition. Yeah. And maybe that's true for everyone. I just watch them most where it's just like, it seems like they get into this, they, they've been getting into the slug fest with, with the Connecticut Sun and in game two, they showed they're like, Oh, maybe they're the better team, but like then game three, they're right back in the slug fest, missing everything. So I don't think, I, I think they can play better the way they, than what they played the last three games. Game two was was really good until they kind of took their foot off the gas with the bench. So we'll give them an A minus. There you go. See, that's not too bad. B plus A minus range. We're on a nine. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> I fully agree with what she said though, because I, I felt like they did that in the first series. Like they they got punched in the mouth because they played down. Yep. Yeah, Lord willing, just finish them off in game four and and I will be an extremely happy camper. All right. Uh, I guess moving the on. last, the oh, last thing we should get to on the, sh- on the sky sun is do we think any of the plays in the last game should be upgraded to a flagrant? Oh gosh. I hadn't even thought about that. I, I think it's something that they should look at just to just take a cursory example. They probably, they probably had a good talk with the refs after game one because that was a bit of a debacle, just a little too, a little too loose altogether. I think they should be taking, take a, take a good look at least and kind of see if there is anything that merits and merits an upgrade. 
I don't have a particular answer for any particular play. Which one were you were you thinking of? I was thinking most of the one where Alyssa Thomas like need Candace like right in her leg really hard. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and kind of like tilted her over. It just felt pretty. It, it felt like a pretty dirty plate. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, I was just listening to uh, the Skyhook Pod and Chris Pennant went off on it a little bit, which. I love to hear that that some amount of that physicality is just yeah. It's re- if it's, it's not like malicious, be... it's reckless. Yeah, to me, it just feels like it's a little too reckless. And mm-hmm. I understand you're trying to fight for your finals game, but yep. we, we can't be reckless with the players. And it's I, you know, I I don't think like there the team is like some set of super villains. Like I was really, it was kind of upsetting that play that. Kalia Copper went down. She was, she was need by Courtney Williams, who when she was going up for a layup. To me, it seemed like maybe that could have been called a charge, but her knee was going up because she was going up to the rim. Like, but it was a hard hit, and she was down on the ground. And the refs were mm-hmm. trying to keep going. And it was Dewana Bonner who's like, "Can we stop? She's on the ground." Yeah. So I don't think like I don't think any of these people are like bad people or 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 have ill intent, but there's some amount of, if the refs aren't taking the play seriously, that's how things escalate. They definitely need to stop uh, when a player is going down. If you want to make a rule that they can't can't come in back in for X amount of time, if you do a stoppage, fine, but it's better to be safe than sorry and leave somebody lying on the ground while, while play is continuing and they may need medical attention. So I agree with that. seems to happen a lot. There's, there seemed like almost a, Every other game I watch, it seems somebody is going down and then play keeps going and you're just like, no, just just stop. Nobody's falling down on, you know, to to get a stoppage in play. They're some they're probably hurt. So Yeah, if they don't make it back onto defense, then it's like, okay. You know what I mean? Like I get that stopping yeah. every time someone goes down under the hoop or something, but if they don't if they fully don't make it back for the next play, like yeah. stop. <laughs> Cause break. So what was one of these plays the one where Alyssa Thomas fell down? I think like Candace was right there. I, I know. I remember the Courtney Kalia knee. I think I may have missed the Alyssa Candace one. So, okay. but yeah, I heard, I did hear about it. I heard a bunch of people talking about it. So, all right. Anyway, I'll send you the link, MJ. <laughs> there we go. We'll, we'll share it for, for everybody out there. So if you missed it, moving on to the other semifinal and the aces hold a two to one lead now they won at home 78 73 in game two asia wilson had a very 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 nice game with 33 points and 13 rebounds chelsea gray is living in the matrix she had 19 points seven rebounds seven assists and four jump balls forced which is needs to be a stat they put her on tina charles defensively when they did got into those small lineups and she, she w- went in for steals at the right time, tied the ball up. Boom. And yeah, just she's, she's living a very, very good life right now. She's been absolutely incredible. On the other side, Brianna Stewart had a tremendous game, 32 points on 23 field goal attempts, seven rebounds. She did wind up falling, fouling out because for some reason they had her being the one to try and make the foul against whoever had the ball, which I I didn't really understand. Tina Charles had 17 points herself, not great shooting for her, eight of 17, nine rebounds. Lloyd failed to show up for this one, two two of 10 
the thing that people were talking about after the game was the small lineup. And once again, it's just they have to play that small lineup because the seventh player, Ileana Repair, only played three minutes. So it, they're, it's going to be out there. And it worked very nicely. The Team Charles had a particularly had a problem with it. It couldn't get enough going on offense and was also kind of left out, hung out to dry a lot on defense in that game. I thought Seattle adjusted pretty well for it in game three. All things told, they got some good uh, post-ups inside, not just from their bigs, but from some some bigger players. Gabby got a nice little pass inside and was able to take her player to the rim. That kind of thing. Some some good adjustments made, which I think was part of part of the difference in that game. These games were very similar, game two and game three. The biggest difference was Sue really showed up for for game three. But on the other hand, Chelsea decided to up her game as well and just go absolutely nuclear in response, which is really what kept us Asia and Chelsea really, really kept us in that game. And everybody else played well enough to at least make it to overtime. We'll go through this sequence, this this final two minutes, which was absolutely nut. Both of these, this, this series is what I thought it would be. It is two, both teams playing really well. And they're very evenly matched. And all three of the games could have gone either which way. It could be three to nothing, one team or another. And it still would have been a good series just because everything was so close. But just, yeah, it's it's been phenomenal. This has been a wonderful playoff series to watch. I'm so happy we got Seattle and we didn't get Connecticut because that would not be a wonderful playoff series to watch. And I think it works against the Aces. Connecticut's really good at getting the Aces not to play Aces basketball. I think we they're, they're not as good a team as Seattle currently right now, uh, the way they're playing, but they're more troublesome for us, especially with a limited with only a six-man rotation that they could really beat the crap out of them and going small might get us points but it also might get somebody hurt so i'm happy it was seattle the seattle is is just going seven they, they got their starters they they used steph talbot they use ezzy magbagor brian january played almost 10 minutes in game two but she was barely around for game three and i don't think noel trusts that backcourt to come out it's got to be gabby now that gabby's back I think that's the only reason that the Brian and uh, Epiphany Prince even played as much as they did in game two. But now that Gabby's back, they have another perimeter defender that they can rely on. Uh, wonderful series. We'll, we'll talk a bit about game three, the many fun things that happened. But just let's let's take a look at the series so far as a whole and get your guys' thoughts on it. And I'll start with you, MJ. Um, Jackie Young is, is underrated. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie has done uh, everything uh, well except for shooting. The The shot has been tentative and it hasn't fallen, although she did hit two very big shots in game three. But everything yes. else has been f- fantastic. And I want to send out a personal apology to Jackie <laughs> Young and her fans. And you too, Snap. Why? Um, what'd you do? Because you're the Aces spokesperson. I didn't. <laughs> who did? I don't think I had her as my number one in consideration for most improved. I think she was oh, okay. number two. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That at the way it's looking, yeah, that's disrespectful. And I want to add, I don't know if you guys seen the tweet that I retweeted or something, but it said Chelsea Gray is was fifty forty ninety since the break. And yeah, that's, I, I would not be surprised. Yeah, and and she looked like Jordan out there. <laughs> Some of the things that she's doing, 
and she's like a wizard with the ball. Yeah. But I don't know the aces. The aces. I don't. That game was so emotional for me, honestly, because I'm like, oh no, oh wait, no, the aces. Oh, they're gonna win. Oh no, Sue Bird in the corner. No, well, that's an L. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many times the, the the team account tweets tweets heartbreak, and then the team goes on to win anyway. <laughs> yeah, and it was just like I don't know. My emotions were just going back and forth because I, you know, I want the Aces to pull it out, and that that last two minutes was some of the best basketball I've seen in a while. It's like watching a really good tennis match. Yeah, it was. It was. You can imagine it was a roller coaster for me as well where i thought well, i think we're gonna win oh no yeah. we've lost oh wait <laughs> and then it's like the storm i don't know if they lost i don't know if they if they uh what's the word i'm looking for they lost their legs i guess going into the uh, overtime they were really deflated it was all yeah. over their face yeah yeah because they they i don't know i think that sue bird three had them like I, it must have took their adrenaline up so high and then to still get forced into an overtime it's like yeah that probably is what did it and then and then chelsea doing everything like good lord so what's what's all this noise about um Aja wilson travel oh yeah really- yeah the spin move the spin move that got them ahead by one after the missed tina missed the free throws they they thought she well and and she may have she may have taken three steps but it's whatever it was close and it looked cool and I my my feeling yeah, is did. if the shot looks good <laughs> then it's not a travel it was a it was one of those things I totally get why you wouldn't notice it in the moment but like when you go yeah. back there's like a she catches it there's like a couple there's yeah like I think it was shuffle. three steps there's a yeah. shuffle and then additional steps like I think it was a travel but it, you know but it looked cool it is. What it is. <laughs> when you're like that was an awesome shot then it's not a travel i don't care <laughs> that's the rule yeah i didn't i didn't think it was a travel <laughs> i don't know i'm gonna have to go uh, I, I just actually watched it again it still didn't i'm gonna have to go look real close maybe slow it down yeah. that's all right i mean like the, the, there's plays like that that happen all the time somebody takes too many steps but they they make it look good so it's fine speaking of which <laughs> i do i want i do want to shout it out because we always we always you know gripe about the refs when they do a terrible job i think this series has been refereed very very well they've made some mistakes here and there the kelsey shot that got called up traveling up and down when when as blocked it was like a clear miss but in general i think the refs have gotten it right and i think they've been good at keeping keeping things going not letting it thing not letting it get too physical not letting players get out of hand the the T against Chelsea that she got really mad about, which I get, and she probably could have been ejected as well because she was still going. But the the ref let her, you know, gave her a look and like, let's not do this now, you know, in this situation. Perfectly fair. I, I you know, she she probably was really pissed off, but you just kind of have to, you also have to kind of reel it in. I think they've done a great job when when they were at the at our place we we usually boo the shit out of them for anything any call that seems remotely wrong and there just wasn't as much of that over the first two games so good job refs you're doing okay so i wanted to throw that out there maybe the only time anybody ever actually gives any wmba refs some praise but it happens here the sixth podcast of the year let's (laughs) 
You're oh, going to oh, ruin our reputation. Showing. I know, I know. We're, we're gonna, that's it. We're going to get a pro Unsubscribe. <laughs> Screw you guys. <laughs> uh, Becky, did you have any particular other particular thoughts about the series so far? I don't know. Chelsea Gray is playing out of her mind. Yeah, it's, she's it's incredible ridiculous. Incredible what she's hitting. Both incredible what she's hitting. And then if she's not hitting that shot, still making great plays and great decision-making that you always expect from your point guard. I know it's like not the most interesting take, but it's like, it is kind of wild to think about how Chelsea Gray, Candace Parker, and Neka Gumake were all on the same team yep. and they won a championship together and they weren't able to do that again because like watching them individually this season, you're like, oh my God, if you put the three of them together, imagine how good it could be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's like a dream team. Yeah, because it's really been unreal. What could possibly um, ruin that? <laughs> How could that go wrong? My questions from the Ace of Storm. I don't think these are like the only questions, but things I thought were interesting. I heard you both praise Jackie Young. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think the Aces need to do more to get Jackie more involved on offense? Because, yeah, she's not shooting as well as she did in season, but she's also just not taking as many shots. Um, but she's that, only averaging eight field goal attempts. Yeah, that's mostly on her. She's been in position to to do it, and she's mm-hmm. kind of hitched. Yeah, it's like she's not trusting it. And and Becky has come out and said, "We want you to shoot it. Please shoot it. Don't don't hesitate." And she's she had kind of has the J, when the shot clock. Shoot it. Shoot the J. Shoot it. <laughs> Game blouses. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah, no, she got forced. She got forced into shooting by the shot clock and made a made a crucial three. I guess every every point in the game was crucial if you think about it. But and then and then, of course, the game winner, which yeah. didn't hesitate. And oh, th- here, let's talk about this for a little bit. <laughs> the, the defense on this. Right. I I don't see a problem here. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm an Aces fan, but at the same time, I thought that was a no win situation for Ezzy personally. They, she hitched, she kind of faded a little bit. That, that was the mistake was she shaded thinking that it was going to be Kelsey shooting a three, which if, you know, the way that Kelsey shot that game, I, pr- I probably would have just said, all right, <laughs> go ahead. But she did. And that's, that's what gave Jackie separation. Tremendous pass, by the way, really, if you go back and look at it, it was like, wow, that, that let, went, went into the perfect spot, right into the pocket where Jackie could just basically turn around. She had, she had Ezzy on her hip. She was behind her. Really couldn't do anything. You could try and wrap her up, but Jackie's also really strong. She might make that anyway. So I get it. The best case scenario there was two points at the line. And the worst case was it was going to be an end one, and that was your game. And then she, you know, they're probably, they're going to criticize her for that. Once she had the position on it, that's, that's when, as he put her hands down, she's like, I'm not getting called for the half foul here. And I think that was the right call personally watching the play that she just was in the wrong position. It looked like Jackie was going to get that shot, make that shot anyway. So that's my take. Did, when you're looking at it, were you, were you baffled or, or what went through your minds? I'll start with you, Becky. No, I wasn't that surprised that she, she took that tactic. She did the same thing when she was guarding Asia coming down the lane. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to pick up a dumb foul there. And it's dangerous to, 
the, the game of how do I foul hard enough so that they miss, but not too hard. So it's not a flagrant, <laughs> right? That whole situation. I think what was more surprising is in both of those situations, the storm had a foul to give and they didn't take advantage of that. Probably more in that Asia play would be easier to have fouled her, you know, before the spin move, like, you know, before she was facing up to the basket, but yeah, grab her. They, yeah. Just, they just, didn't. <laughs> yeah. They could have just wrapped her up before she just hug her. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that I think was more surprising than, you know, as he trying to not foul and just be in her way hmm. made sense as a decision. And it's a, it's a tricky place to be in. Yep. Okay. Cause yeah, I heard a lot of talking about it. I'm like, I, I don't see the problem here. I think she made the right play seeing how deflated <laughs> Seattle got because, because it had to go into overtime. I don't know, but I, I think it was the right, I think it was the, the, the right call and I get it. So it sucks for her because she's she got a lot of attention for that. But I think it was the right basketball play. All right, let's let's briefly go over this last two minutes here of this of this game. So or just regulation rather, where it is. Some of the greatest basketball ever seen is <laughs> the yeah. W this is, since this is, probably is going to be in sparks. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, 81, 81 after after a Raquana three point shot. This is oh, actually I should just go back a little even a little further. 78, 70, 78, 78. Talbot three point shot. Raquana three point shot. Two twenty two left. Brianna with a ridiculous freaking turnaround, fade away, high off the glass. 83-81. Asia, driving layup. Uh, gave her 30 points. 83-83. Stewart, no, that this was the bank shot. This was the, the stupid bank shot. <laughs> 85-83. And then Chelsea, that, that miraculous pull-up. 85-85. This is so good. Just going through this, I'm remembering all of this. Stewart. Coast to coast, finger roll, 87, 85. Then a couple of plum misses a shot. Brianna misses a shot. They they had the out of bounds that went off of Kia Stokes fingers. And uh, right call. They right call. They looked at it. It was the right call. Then Jackie takes her personal foul. She, she, she does two. Lloyd hits both free throws, 89, 85 Seattle. Williams, big time. Three-point shot to get it to within one point. This is with 8.9 seconds left. Asia fouls Tina. We know what happens there. Bricks both free throws. Break, 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 break. That, that <laughs> was incredible. What a sequence of events that was. Then the ATO. Brilliant, brilliant freaking call. Wilson. Asia, maybe travel, who cares? Driving layup. Ace is up by one. So 2.9 seconds left. It's just like people don't you go back and you're like, how much time was I left on the clock when all this happened? 2.9 seconds left. We're up by one. Again, I think we're going to win this game. <laughs> then, wonderful play. I don't know who designed this one. Noel, if it was you, marvelous. Screen. Gets Bird an open three-pointer in the corner. Her hand is up the entire way. Makes a shot. Seattle up. 92-90. My heart is broke. 
1.9 seconds <laughs> left. I think we've lost another brilliant play. Beautiful pass off of from from Chelsea into into Jackie. Perfect. Couldn't have put it anywhere else. Giving her position to make the layup. Overtime. Holy cow! Just just the amount of time that took place. That's the last two minutes. All of that. Unbelievable. Just it's it's so much joy. In those two minutes, if you're a basketball fan, I don't see how you could hate this game. I don't want to hear anyone, WNBA, no, it's not exciting. I'm an idiot. You need to, you need to lower the rim. <laughs> lower the rim. You need to do something. <laughs> make it more exciting. Oh, my God. That was amazing. That was basketball euphoria. I don't think I've enjoyed two minutes of a basketball game like that. And I was in, I was emotionally involved. I was dying throughout. It's like we, what? Okay, side. Oh, their head. Oh, the side. <laughs> like yep. same here. Beautiful play. The 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 worst thing that happened for either team was Tina bricking those free throws. Which I feel bad for her because oh my god, that would that would kill me. Shout out to Nick Anderson if anybody rem- knows remembers that reference from the nineteen ninety five finals where he missed four in a row. And it basically ruined his career. He never recovered from that. Yeah, that was brutal for her. But everything else from everybody else, staggering, just astounding play. Brianna was amazing. Seventy Talbot was fantastic during that whole stretch. Just the, oh, so good. It was so good. Asia was incredible. Chelsea was incredible. Jackie d- hit it when it counted. Fantastic. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I was the best. I really want to like, I don't know, when this is all over, like take a look at this from a more historical perspective because it's been a really, really great series, but I know there've been other really, really great WME series and I want to jinx it and have bad games for the final two games. But just for us, what was, so let's let's just, let's go through the, the amount of emotion or whatever you were feeling when you were watching it. So MJ, you, you were heartbroken and then elated and all of that you're probably like kind of right there with me because i know you're really rooting for the aces (laughs) yeah heartbroken elated then relieved it after they got away in overtime and and becky what was it like for you just like munching popcorn and (laughs) not having to worry about which team won (laughs) well i am personally rooting for the storm because i'm more scared of the aces in the finals (laughs) for sure so i was a little bummed out yeah I didn't watch the overtime. I was like, ugh. Oh, <laughs> how could you? Because she how knew it was a wrap. Because it, it was obviously a wrap. It kind oh, of okay. feels like this. I don't know. It it feels like it kind of feels like the next game. The Aces are just going by twenty. I don't know. Maybe that's not true. But I give the Storm a little more credit for that. This is a veteran team. It's but true. It's true. Let's point out now that the Aces have, in the series have handed them as many losses as they have. In the entire Brianna era, era in the playoffs, they had two losses. They were 18 and two or whatever. I don't think that's right because I went back and counted, but whatever it was, they were undefeated except for two losses in against Phoenix in that wonderful 2018 semifinal. And now we've given her her second, at least two loss series. And hopefully we can add one more. She's, she, she's just so phenomenal. We're so lucky. That we live in this time where we get to see Asia Wilson 
versus Brianna Stewart. I everybody who's sitting there arguing about who's better and just because you know you root for UConn or you root for South Carolina, you're missing it, man. You're just missing it. This is so good. They're both so so great. And if you're turning it into a well, it's not even this player's better and it's not even close, you're you're wasting you're wasting this time that you could have just appreciating these players and you suck. I just want to let you know that right now out there, all of you, especially the people who keep threatening my life. <laughs> you suck. Okay, who's um, <laughs> threatening your life? No, nobody's just, just one okay. person threatened to kill me because I paid Alicia Gray a compliment. <laughs> what? Yeah, this is when the, I was like, oh, hey, Uh-oh. I like the, no. So, so what happened was Alicia Gray was out here. It was last year. She was saying she deserved to be on the all defense team. And I said, well, I wouldn't vote for her, but I like that she's advocating for herself. And she she like she didn't like ignored the second part of that message. <laughs> so she's she, do you have a vote? I'm like, no, but I have an opinion. Well, you can keep your opinion to yourself. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. And then somebody sent me a DM and was just like, How dare you talk to her? I will find you. I know where you live. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, I'm forwarding Wait, that one on. To, seriously? Yeah, yeah, seriously. Like, no, there was somebody who there was there was a well-known South Carolina fan out there who is very, very toxic and threatened to fight me. But that's normal. <laughs> wow. I didn't even I was just like I sent the I sent the will that escalated GIF back and just ignored it. And that person wound up blocking me. And I don't care because they're terrible. But yeah, this one sent me a DM being like being like, I've seen you put your pictures of yourself online. I will find you. Da, 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 da. I'm like, all right, never mind. Let's forward that one on to the authorities, forward it on to Twitter, block this person. And, and they got their account deleted because of it. So nice. no big deal. I don't care. But yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of nuts. So but yeah, but in any case, what I'm saying is like just just try and appreciate what's going on here. And you don't get these all of the time. You don't get like this this awesome level of reverity. And by the way, the two are really, really good friends. They, they bonded over the Olympics. They really like each other. They have hung out on occasion, I think, come around around All-Star and and things like that. So, you know, get over it. They like each other. They're they're really supportive of each other. And you should be supportive of both of them. That is my soapbox. All right. OK, finally, did, did we have any other annoying people at, at uh, basketball games that we need to know about? <laughs> Hopefully not another playoff fan. edition. We have any people yelling and screaming the stupid things at the Chicago Number game. three. I am very to happy to report that that man did not show up. I was like, yes. I was in my seat, like anxiously looking behind me for time. I feel like someone walked like down the aisle and I was like, <laughs> looked right them right in the eye and they kind of like, why are you staring at me? I uh, was just making sure. But no, we, we did have a, you know, a standard person just yelling that you have to rebound all the time. There you go. But you know, that was, that was low stakes. That's it. I, I want to be the most annoying person in the section. So I just, I just did my, my usual booing. Oh, oh you, you boo? Oh, I love to boo. What do you it boo? It used like, to be like, an what? ironic thing that I like would just like jokingly boo along with the crowd. And now I'm like, I deeply enjoy booing the refs. Oh, okay. Is this like reps or is it, what, what else? What oh, else no, I do not like, I don't, I would never heckle a player. 
Like I don't boo the opening lineups. Like if I like a player on another team, I will clap during their, like when they're introed, I I don't boo the players. I do heavily boo the refs, but I do not like what's going on. Yeah. And that's it. I will only boo a ref. I, uh, or I'll call for a tea. I will stand up and call for a tea. (laughs) How far back are you? Just out of curiosity. In the the row wise. There you go. That's that's good. Yeah. 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 And you're behind the Chicago bench so they can hear you. She's a part of the staff. <laughs> yeah, she is. I gotta look, look for her name on the on the Chicago front office roster. Well, I'm not as influential as friend of the pod Eric Nemjak. That's right. Uh, who who sits courtside and he like will will stand up and point the direction on an out of bounds play. And I sw- like you know to the extent that refs get kind of influenced by people in the crowd, I feel like it probably matters. You know, when everyone's standing up pointing one way. So I think That's... he's got much more influence than I do. I am I am dreading ever sitting courtside just because I, I think I might get kicked out <laughs> at some point. <laughs> okay, very sarcastic sometimes if somebody mm. if somebody makes like a really stupid error and I think a ref will throw me out <laughs> if I find a reason for a ref to throw me out. It's like she's a little too caustic with them. There was one time, this was a couple seasons ago. And they called a clear path foul on Courtney Vandersloot when the player like just tripped, like she just tripped and they did a whole mm. review and came back and was a clear path foul. And like everyone was losing their mind. I think it's kind of settled down a bit. And my girlfriend just yelled, that's the worst call I've ever seen. And it was like, I saw her like the stadium was like dead silent. Like multiple people turned around at us. Just like, what? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the ref like heard it because we were that close. But so sometimes we're... they need to know, you know? So we have we have in our in in, in uh, man, man I call still call it Mandalay Bay even though it's Michelob Ultra but whatever I hate that name so Mandalay Bay Events Arena they they have the courtside and then behind that they have these tables where you can they can seat like four people and then behind that is the proper or stadium seating and we were first row I didn't think there was any way that players could hear us but way back in 2019. I had a guy behind me, and I don't even think he was particularly loud, but his voice was kind of high pitched, and maybe that was that made all the difference. Liz was gassed in at, at that stretch in the game. She was really, really struggling, and he was he was mentioning it out, he was pointing it out, and he was kind of laughing about it. I didn't think he was that loud, but she looked over in our direction and yelled "F bomb, F you," <laughs> and I'm like. Oh, oh, she can hear us from this distance. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, wow. The only thing I ever do is I, I, I will, you know, boo the referee. Yeah, not so much boo as just like, you know, come on. What the? Yeah, that's the worst call ever. Blah, 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 blah. You know, complain. Or I will just yell out our players' names. And that's, that's basically it. Or good shot. Good effort. Eh, just words of encouragement. Because I don't think anybody can hear me, but I'm just trying to at least release my tension from watching the game. So that kind of helps, but yeah. I think should be like a, a rule of being a fan at a game is when the players like do the thing where they like <laughs> do it in my house, mm-hmm. where they put their arms up to try to get people to, to start clapping is like, you have to respond to the players. Oh, of course. And that like, I, I feel like it as like a duty level where I'm like, okay, if Azrae starts telling mm-hmm. us to cheer, I will stand up and cheer because Azrae said so. And like, I, I believe that. <laughs> Oh yeah, you have to. You have to. Yeah. They have to. They have to get that reinforcement. Yeah. Uh, Diana Taurasi did hear me at one point when she was arguing with the ref, like right in front of us, and I yelled, "Get the tea! 
come on, Diana, get the tea, get the tea. And then she kind of like looked over at me and shook her head a little bit <laughs> before she went back to arguing with the ref. So I tweeted that and Kayla's like, yeah, she's going to now she's going to make the game winning shot against you and blow you a kiss or something. And no, they didn't. We blew the hell out of Phoenix. So there. Take that, Diana. <laughs> All right. MJ, how have you been a menace at a basketball yeah. game before? At, at Pistons games, yes. <laughs> so I wanted, when, well, was it right before COVID or was it like, no, it was actually after and they started allowing people back. Was it, it might have been last season, but me, it's like me and a whole bunch of my cousins, some of their co workers, we're saying stuff to like pretty much the referees so much that the security came over and was like, no, don't, no, stop, don't do that. Or we don't have <laughs> wow. to put y'all out. Yeah. Or, we're going to have to put y'all out. And we're like behind the rim. Like, okay, the Pistons bench is to our left. We're probably, I don't know, some 10, maybe, maybe less than that rows away from the, where the bench is and where the referees are. And yeah, security comes over and they're like, no, no, you got to stop this now. Cause me and my cousin were like very demonstrative, <laughs> especially him. And they came over and they're just like, no, no, you don't have to stop it. We wow. Have to yeah, it was, yeah. was kind of crazy. I would definitely get that warning. That's 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 <laughs> like I'm gonna one day I'm gonna be lucky enough to sit courtside and then somebody's gonna come over and it's like, all right, you you need to chill out and sit down and just relax. I'm like, come on. <laughs> this is why this podcast works because while we have all different fandoms and perspectives, yeah. we are all the type of fan that'll be a slight <laughs> menace at a at a basketball game, and I think that's beautiful. We're dangerous without adult yes. supervision. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess that, that serves as our emptying the bench. What, what kind of youngsters are we at, at basketball games? I, incidentally, I watched Becky share the, the Alyssa on Candace knee on knee thing. And I think they would have been, after watching it, I think they would have been more inclined to look at it again if Candace had not walked off with like a really, really exaggerated limp afterwards that almost made it look like she was faking. <laughs> And then she she looks back at the ref. I'm watching right now, and then she walks normally. <laughs> Listen, I think that was the problem. She didn't sell it. Not allowed she, to sell a call. She she has to she has to she has to uh, like be more consistent and carry carry the cell all the way. Through. I don't know. Dewana Bonner can hold her face after any play and get a call. So I don't see why Candace <laughs> can limp a little bit. <laughs> That's just the. She's got to keep it up. Like oh oh god. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh, through the play. oh, God, why aren't you looking at this? Oh, someone yeah, just... also clipped. There was an earlier play where Thomas got her in the eye and mm. she had to come out of the game for a while. And that one, I don't think that one looked like less flagrant, but there was also nothing called at all. Right. Like she bumped her into the bench and then kind of like swung her arm back and it hit her eye. And uh, someone like clipped right afterwards. You can see Candace on the pro broadcast saying something like, oh, that's how we're going to play this, huh? Like, all right, okay. all right. <laughs> Bringing out um, my poking fingers. Yeah, but like it, she did have to come out of the game for a few minutes. It was not, you know. Yeah. Yep. Normally they review if you hit them above the head, but, or hit them on the head, but this one was not. So. Yeah. I thought it was a, a wrestling match. <laughs> Connecticut, not afraid to get physical. Okay, this has been the sixth pot of the year, playoff edition. It was a wonderful, wonderful week. Let's hope next week continues to be extra wonderful. And we're talking about our impending finals matchup between the Aces and the Sky. It'll be so much fun to watch. So fingers crossed. Everybody out there, 
Hope you have a great week. Hope you had a great Labor Day. Hope you get to enjoy some basketball this week and whatever other pastimes you're involved in. And we will see you here next week. Peace out. Peace out. Bye.